Welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Danny Strange, and I'm your host today as we leave the Godspeed series and take a pause this week to talk about world missions. Today on our podcast, I sit with Randy Odom, who recently returned from eight years as a missionary in Cambodia. You are going to be very encouraged by Randy's perspective on God's heart for the nations, as well as a beautiful way of living life on mission here in the States. Enjoy the podcast this morning. Randy, welcome to the Three Crosses Podcast. Thanks, Danny. I'm excited that you're joining us this morning, fresh uh, in the States. How long have you been back in America? Just a little over a month. And tell tell everybody who doesn't know you, where, where are you coming from? We came from Cambodia. And yeah. give us a quick glimpse of where is Cambodia for the geographically Challenged. non-inclined. Yeah. Yes. Cambodia is in Southeast Asia um, on between Vietnam and Thailand. And how long did you spend over there? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. And so you were here in the States. Yes. Uh, how long were you in the States before you went over? My whole life. Your whole life. No, and- well, no, actually, I did six years in China. Oh, wow. Also. Yeah. And so has that always been kind of an iterative thing in your life is stepping into these missions stints? Not always. Um, when I was in Bible college, it wasn't even on my radar. Huh. But God just kind of shook my world and... There I went. Where what, what point of your life was it when God started? It was after I had graduated and trying to figure out what was next and uh, was challenged by a best friend that widen your, your scope a little bit. And he, so I did. Yeah. Was your friend talking about like global work? Yes. Yeah. He actually spent 20 plus years in Taiwan. Wow. Yeah. So I, a lot of people that I talk to, especially people who are new to church, the idea of serving God overseas is like the scariest thing imaginable. Yes. That's always their first prayers of God. I'll do anything. Just don't send me yep. to Cambodia. Yep. How did one nudging from a friend send you halfway around the well, world? Well, he, he was a very influential friend. And uh, so I, you know, I admired his commitment to God and, and his bravery to, to go wherever. And so I just kind of followed in that that vein. And what did following that look like? Trying to talk to him about what he was doing and get ideas from him. And there was quite a missions legacy in our home church. So looking at those people and the impact that they had had. So, yeah. And with the missions legacy, it was people like you leaving the States and going abroad? Yeah. I mean, they weren't weren't as young as I was at that time. Mm -hmm. But yes, going and spending years on the field. Yeah. And so you left from there, went to China for six years, yep. and then came back. Yeah. And how long were you in the States when you came back? Uh, almost 20 years before oh. going to Cambodia. And yeah. so what, were the whole time, were you kind of having your radar out for, okay, what's the next trip going to be? I kind of knew that I would go abroad at some stage, um, and I ended up marrying a Chinese woman, huh. um, thinking probably that we would eventually end up in China, yeah. but God had other plans for us. And how did, how did that all start to come together when God was starting to lead you towards Cambodia? Well, I was actually on staff here um, at Three Crosses, and my my parents passed away. And as an only child, I had been caring for them. Um, and when they left, Crystal and I were like, "Okay, so we've we've fulfilled a commitment to my parents, and so now if God sends us out, um, we'll go." Wow. We weren't really wanting to go necessarily at that time. I mean. This is like a dream job at Three Crosses, and my wife had a successful career in accounting. Mm. So, but we just said we're not going to be actively looking. Mm-hmm. But if God 
put something in front of us, then we'll go. And how long did it take for God to put something in front of About you? About four months. Okay, wow. Yes. And how did that how did that happen? Well, my mom died in November and in January um, I had a, a fateful meeting with a board member here from this church that talked to me about opportunities that he was involved with in Cambodia. Oh. And and I had I knew almost nothing about Cambodia at that time. And what when you were sitting in that meeting, were you feeling drawn to that or were you feeling like, uh oh, yeah, here it is. This I, is what I, we were... <laughs> it was it was really amazing. Oh. Um, we were eating lunch at Chipotle and just to hang out over lunch. And he starts talking about this, and it was literally like something just boom on my heart from wow. out of the clear blue sky when he started talking about an orphanage mm-hmm. in Cambodia that his organization was working with. And so that is what sort of brought it onto my radar and started the trajectory that ended up, ended us up in Cambodia about a year and a half after that. Oh. Have, yeah. you, have you had other times in your life when that similar emotion from the Lord shows up in a conversation? I have, um, but I don't know that it's ever been so so overwhelming huh. um, and so immediate that it was like, you know, I, I've said since then that I went into the restaurant that day going one direction in my life and in my ministry, <laughs> and I went out of the restaurant going a whole different direction. So you came back and you went and talked to Crystal yeah, about it? And- I went home from work and... When she got home, I said, so how'd you like to go live in Cambodia for the rest of your life? And she was, her first two words literally were, I'm fine. (laughs) And so then, of course, she wanted to know more about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And then how long was it before you ended up getting on a plane and taking off? It was about uh, 10, uh, about a year and three months, I guess. Yeah. And then you spent eight years there. Yeah. And uh, before you came back. Yeah. That's amazing. Can you give us a little glimpse into what, what your ministry looked like in Cambodia? We worked with young Cambodian adults um, with very marginalized, uh, impoverished young adults who, because of their life situation, had virtually no opportunity. So we established a base in the third largest city in Cambodia with the um, intent of providing vocational and life um, skills to these young adults so that they could get jobs for themselves and provide a meaningful life for their families. Wow. And so you built the relationships and developed them, discipled them, and kind of deployed them out into the world? Yes. So over the the years that we were there, Danny, we had um, about 15 young adults that lived with us in our house Mm -hmm. because we realized that really the the most significant missing piece in their lives was a good family Mm -hmm. uh, relationship parents that were involved in their lives that cared about who they were with and the decisions that they were making. Wow. Yeah. And what was that what was that like to be parents to kids who had never really had parents before? It was incredibly difficult. Um because we weren't parents ourselves. We didn't have any of our own children. Wow. So we were learning it all from scratch while, you know, they're and they're already uh young adults, so they're very established in their their views and that type of thing. And plus, just the cultural clash mm-hmm. uh, was challenging, but also at the same time, very rewarding uh, to us. So what kinds of things were, were challenging about that? What would, what would be a situation? Well, that, that the, the whole notion of family, that parents who um, are established enough 
to be able to have a presence in their lives. Uh, many of them still had at least one of their parents still living. Mm. But because of economic situation and just the a lot of um, carnage from the war years that still exists in the psyche of the people, the parents had very little involvement in their kids' lives mm. to, to provide structure and direction for them. So they kind of balked at that at times. Wow. And so when you kind of look back now at the time that you spent there, what are some things that you feel like were, uh, was fruit of the ministry that God was able to produce through your, your ministry there? Yeah. These young people all came from the same orphanage. Um, and we had worked in that orphanage for our first two years. So we knew them before they moved into our home with us. Um, and so we had a, a good relationship already established, and they were all Christians. Um, and so it was just awesome to see them flourish um, in a home environment. We, we sent them to school. We enrolled them in a private school so that they got a good high school education and then helped them into the next steps, uh, whatever those were for each one of them individually. So the fruit was just seeing them flourish Mm-hmm. Um, and then thinking about where they would be if they were still back originally in the orphanage and in that environment. Well, and what, what do you think they would be doing now? If- they would be, well, they didn't even know how to grow rice, mm-hmm. Danny, which is 90% of the people in Cambodia, that's what they do for their livelihood. They didn't know how to do that because they were living in an orphanage where everything was handed to them. And they weren't trained in any of those even rudimentary skills. So they probably would have been involved in crime. Mm -hmm. Uh, They would have been in the sex trade. They would have been in gambling, um, just uh, thievery, that type of thing. What what kinds of things are they doing now? Well, they're in university. Um, They're doing vocational training. They're gainfully employed in different um, capacities. So, yeah. Dental, hygienists in training and um, kind of uh, reality show, um, working with the reality show in Phnom Penh. So all kinds of different things, training for ministry. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It kind of, it feels like to me that I get this image of you guys flying halfway across the world, putting down roots with yeah. some great people, pouring into their lives, adding yeah. value, yeah. and then, you know, coming on back. Right. And that's... That's an amazing season that you got to experience. How, how did you decide that it was time for that season to end? Well, along the way, we adopted one child from Cambodia. Um, we now have a seven-year-old Cambodian boy called Noel. And he's been with us since he was 14 months old. So over the years, we had him enrolled in a private Christian school um, there in Siem Rip. But we just came to realize that he needed a better... Um, worldview. Um, it's a very microscopic worldview in Cambodia. What, is that? what does that mean? That means that because people have had very little exposure to opportunities even beyond their borders, um, and they, if you ask an average Cambodian child, what would you like to be when you grow up? They don't know how to answer that question because nobody's ever asked them that. Hmm. They've never thought that they might have a, a role in choosing the direction of their lives. So we want Noel to be afforded every opportunity in his life to to discover God, to discover his own skills and how God shaped him and to, to become the person that God wants him to be. 
So it was a long process of deciding, but ultimately we decided that we needed to come back to the States um, to provide that sort of anchor for him so that wherever life takes him, he feels that he is anchored in, in one place. Well, it feels like the, you know, in a sense, what you were doing internationally, now you're, you're doing that, in a sense, you're a missionary bringing someone from another country here right. to America. And yet, you know, I'm thinking about people who love the idea of stepping into a place and adding value and bringing the kingdom or bringing peace to an area or justice to an area in, in their local community here and don't necessarily feel compelled to move halfway across the world. Right. And I know you would say that people can be called anywhere, but I also know that you've got a unique and um, definite heart for the global work of the gospel. Can you tell us a little bit about why world missions is important and working internationally from whatever context you start from is important? Well, um, first and foremost is we've been called to the world. Um, And I personally know that you don't have to have um, a fancy skill set um, to answer that call. I think it's just a matter of um, trusting God for what he may be calling you to do to give you the skills that you need to do that calling. Um, obviously, the accessibility to the gospel in this country is huge compared to many parts of the world. So I, I don't know exactly where it came from but somehow I have just always had this desire to work with those who have less access to the gospel mm-hmm. than just the average American would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even in the U.S., um, working with international students who are here um, studying for a season of their lives is a very strategic way um, to influence the nations. And when you say we're, you said at the beginning that we're called to the world, what do you mean by that? Well, Jesus told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Um, It's pretty plain right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if somebody came to you in in the church here and said, hey, I've never never even thought about this before, how would someone start wrestling with what it means for them to discover their level of engagement with God's global work? I started when someone challenged me with it um, by reading missionary history stories, stories of those who have gone in the past and came out of those those times of reading about people like Hudson Taylor, for example, um, that I wasn't even a Christian uh, compared to the, the commitment level that this person had to devote his whole life um, to going to a totally unreached people group. So being challenged in that way, and then at the same time coming to grips with God, in spite of what I know about myself and and in spite of what I know about my inhibitions, God will use me. He can use me. Um, If I just say, yes, I'll go, Mm -hmm. then he will figure out a way or he has a way (laughs) that he can use my unique life in that sort of um, not unique at all Mm -hmm. circumstance. Yeah, I can imagine someone saying, "I am definitely not ready to pray." God, I'm ready to go. What would be what prayer would you encourage them to pray as the the intermediate prayer? What's the next prayer for them? Yeah, I mean, I I feel that. Um, I think just saying, "Lord, I am yours," um, 
you don't need to say, I'll go to the uttermost parts of the earth um, necessarily. But if you recognize and reflect back to the Lord that you belong to him um, and that you're available for however he would use you, then he'll start to define that for you. A few weeks back, we sat down with Annie Wilson and talked about uh, her calling that God gave her to go to Ukraine and do ministry there. And in that podcast, she talked a little bit about just how hitting the ground in Ukraine, it was just immediate. Okay, I'm on mission for Jesus. And that's all that I do. And so Anne and I started to talk about, well, how do do you do that here in the States? And it feels different. Does it feel different for you in the States versus overseas? Yeah, it feels different. In fact, I I saw that podcast and um, I was, I reflected back to Annie saying, your podcast scared me to death because she talked about how long it has taken her to readjust coming back here to the States. And that's what we are just now in, that season of readjustment and finding our, our spot here. But I believe that God will use me wherever, wherever I am. And, um, and I have complete peace that we are in the right place uh, at this time. Mm-hmm. So I have to go through the adjustments of being back. But I think as time passes, um, it will become more clear and more easy for me to do what God's asking me to do here. When you, when you kind of from your vantage point as someone who's lived in both worlds, what are some things that you would encourage Christians here in America to adopt, whether it's a worldview or a mentality or action steps in their lives to take that next step of living on mission with God here in the States? Travel light. What does that mean? That means that uh, unintentionally, we can easily become very encumbered so that if we do suddenly perceive a call from God, like I did that day in Chipotle, to do something major, then you sort of step away from that and look at all the stuff in your life. And you think, Lord, I want to follow you, but all this stuff that's in my life, are they're gifts from you, they're, they're blessings from you, but I feel kind of tangled up in these blessings right now. Hmm. So... And we didn't get that way intentionally. And I think in this culture, in this society, it's very easy for us to become so weighted down with the things of life that when God calls us, it's like, okay, I want to go, but I don't know how. Mm -hmm. Um, So it took us a year and a half to sort of untether ourselves from all of that so that we could get on the plane with our two suitcases each and live for eight years in Cambodia. What were some of the things that you had to untether yourself from? Oh, from, you know, just the material things that we have. Um, We had a home, we had cars, we had, our house was full of stuff, you know, and, and, and we had responsibilities here, we had jobs. So, but mainly it was just the physical material things that felt like they were just really weighing us down. Hmm. So that's kind of what I mean by travel light. Um, which is very hard to do in this culture. And I don't know how easily I'll do it now that I'm back here. Um, I'm already accumulating things and <laughs> finding that my room is getting smaller by the day. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I think if we kind of have that as a mentality so that when God calls, we are ready um, or we can be ready in short order. And when you want to kind of continue that travel light mindset in your own life now, is that in case God calls you to go overseas again or is there a benefit as well 
just in general in life of being unencumbered? I think it's just better in general. Um, We lived in a place where we didn't have many of the creature comforts that we have here. Um, And we realized that we, you really can live without them. Um, And, but even as we got more firmly planted there, our nature is just to acquire things. (laughs) Um, And so it it has to be a very intentional um, resistance to becoming, you know, focused on the stuff of life rather than on life itself. Well, what's a, what are some of the benefits of when you talk about focusing on life itself? What is life itself? Life itself is the people who are in our lives um, and our relationship with God. Um, it's not, you know, I as we were leaving Cambodia and I was reflecting on what I was going to experience as we came back here, I remember saying there is not much that I will miss about Cambodia, but there are many that I will miss in Cambodia. And by that, I mean the relationships that we were able to establish while we were there and that are ongoing while we're here. Um, So invest in those things because those are the only things of eternal value and the only things that bring us true satisfaction in our lives. For people who are living here in the States and listening to this and and kind of getting hit with this idea of, okay, yes, there's a lot in life that encumbers me and I don't have a lot of relationships. Maybe you go to work, come home, you know, those kinds of things. What are some, can you give us some glimpses of moments in life when beautiful investments in relationships happen? Hmm. When we invest ourselves, um, when we, move out of our comfort zones um, into places where there is potential for relationships. For me, um, I guess just because it's wired, the way that I personally define that is in here in the States, is in working with internationals, um, people who've come to our, our country to, to study or to live and who percentage-wise, stand very slim chance of actually getting into a relationship with an American personally, um, getting into an American home so that they experience what family life is like here. So even before we went to Cambodia, we were involved with this. And it was so rewarding to get to be with these young adults that were coming here for a season um, as international students and um, having them experience life with us. So, and those relationships are ongoing as well. So I think just moving out of our comfort zone and having the courage uh, to step out into a new environment for the sake of uh, being in contact with people who may be marginalized or on the fringes of, of the society or the culture in some way um, and being a friend. Can you think of some other places kind of in our, whether it's in our local church here at Three Crosses or in our community where you can imagine people being able to step across that line out of their comfort zone in in a community similar to like an international students community. Um, I would just love for people to kind of start thinking through, okay, oh yeah, those, you know, there's that community down the street for me or, oh yeah, I know that thing at the church or I've always thought about connecting with that. What are some other places? You know, this is maybe kind of strange, but... One that comes to my mind, uh, I have a friend who 
whose family owns a Japanese restaurant in San Leandro. And I have always thought, I've not penetrated this myself, but I've always thought a community to connect with would be the regulars that sit at the sushi bar in a Japanese restaurant who have their little sake box up on the shelf (laughs) with their name on it. And when they come in, they drink their sake from that box. And I just think, you know, that's where Jesus would be. Um, he wouldn't necessarily, on Sunday evening, for example, there's usually a crowd at the at the sushi bar. And he wouldn't necessarily be at a, a Sunday evening service if there is such a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would be there in the sushi bar, befriending those people that are kind of regulars and, and getting to know their lives and their history, their stories, um, and bringing the gospel into that context. So the, just being creative in our thinking and looking at where people gather and what they talk about and engaging in those places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems like part of what you're saying is even if God hasn't called you to go overseas, he has called you to live your life intentionally yes. on his mission yes. wherever he's planted you. Yeah. Do you feel like the ideal place for someone to be is in that surrender mentality of God, I'll do whatever you want me to do and then look around and engage with the world around them on mission? Or is there some other component as well? No, that- I, I think that's that's pretty much it. If we surrender to God and say, I'm yours for whatever you call me to do, um, he's the one who gave us the skills that we have, the gifts and talents that we have. Um, and he will identify those for us, to us, and then he will engineer circumstances for us so that if we are alert enough um, we recognize his part in that, and we follow him into those places, and we find the courage and the the passion to do those things. Well, Randy, thank you for uh, taking some time today to encourage My our pleasure. people and equip them. I, I think there's a lot of people who are going to be walking away from listening to this thinking, okay, I, I know what prayer I need to pray next. I'm <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> and you, we can pray that they'll have the courage to, uh, to yes, pray. Indeed. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. I love what Randy said about traveling light. I feel like there's a challenge in that for all of us who live here in materialistic America here in the East Bay. I hope you were encouraged by the podcast today. If you've got feedback, questions, comments, feel free to send us an email at podcast at threecrosses.org. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week. and We'll see you next time.